Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Don't forget to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards from the link in our bio. This is Coon Cassis for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. It's Eubank Williams Fight Week here in Cardiff. Delighted to be joined by Next Gen himself, Chris Eubank Jr. How are you, mate? Feeling good. Ready to go. Before we start, what is that? That is my uh, trusty microwave. I keep one on me at all times. Uh, I actually have a halogen oven with me now as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, maybe, I guess it's going to become like a, it's a good luck charm, you know. My last fight went well. I had the microwave with me. So, you know, I guess i got to keep one on me now for fight camps. So just confirm that this isn't the, the infamous or famous, I don't know which one to no, describe it as. not the one I signed. You can see it's a completely different make and model. Um, <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll end up signing it again and someone can make another, you know, 60 grand on eBay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what my assessment of that whole situation was, but, I mean, it was bizarre to say the least, the whole thing from you bidding on your own kind of signed microwave, if you like, and someone actually bringing one to you. The whole thing was a bit weird, but I suppose it's boxing, and boxing's weird at times. No, I definitely didn't bid on it. Um, but I thought you was trying to buy it back. Oh, no, why would I do that? That's, that's ludicrous. Um, no, I don't know who got it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not superstitious. I've never had any good luck charms or... You know things that I would do always before a fight, but now I think having a microwave just just by my side at night, you know, keep me safe. Okay, fair enough. Shout out Morphe Richards. Um, right, so we're here. Um, I remember being in your house in in Brighton a, a few years ago. I know we've spoken about this before, but we were thinking it was a bit of mind games when you were. Literally saying to me that you don't even know who Liam Williams is, and part of me thinks that is just you to say that. Part of me thinks that maybe you didn't, but you're fighting him on Saturday. So did you know who he was back then? It's crazy how how things turn out. I generally didn't know who the guy was, and he's talked himself up that much that uh, in a couple of days we're going to be entering the ring and punching each other up. Well, I'm going to be punching him up. Um crazy how life works but it's the fight the fans want to see it's a fight that a lot of people have shown a lot of interest in and it's a fight that i'm interested in now because of the things he said i feel like he has to pay for what he has typed on twitter not what he's actually said to me in person because he didn't have the balls to say any of it when we uh when we're sitting in front of each other on the uh gloves are off interview or at the press conference he didn't have anything, anything to say for himself, but he had very uh, brave thumbs over the last two years on, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, for that, he will pay. 
if you had been more active over the last three years, would Liam Williams still be someone that you were interested in fighting? Um, probably not. You know, 2020 was going to be a, a big year for me in the States. You know, they were lining up a lot of things for me and it just didn't happen. COVID shut everything down. Um, and that's another reason why I'm taking this fight at this stage because, you know, I would, I would, uh, I would never give him a world title shot. And my, my goal is to challenge for it and win a world title this year. Uh, I would never win that world title and then want to give him a shot at it. So I want to take him out before I do that and, uh, and then go on to bigger and better things. Confidence aside, let's talk about Liam Williams. What's, what's his strengths? How highly do you rate Liam Williams? You know, I, you know, people out there, it's, 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 it blows my mind that people actually think that this guy has the ability to beat me. I, maybe I'm not seeing what they're seeing because I'm seeing it quite a lot, especially online, you know, about how he's going to knock me out and he, he's going to be too strong. He, you know, he's a machine and all this stuff. I don't see it. Um, better for you if they think like that, surely, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a better, it's, it's better for the fans. You know, it makes it more exciting when, uh, when it's perceived as a 50 50 fight, which is, you know, I'm hearing experts say that it's a 50 50 fight. Or if they're not experts, very experienced people in the business, 50 50. Um, you know, I, I see it more, you know, 99 to one. You know, he's got a 1% chance. Uh, if he lands some miracle punch, that, that, that's the only chance I see him having is if he, if he lands something mad. And even then, I mean, my chin is too tough. I've, I've taken shots from guys who punch, you know, three, four times harder than him. Never move me, never knock me out, never knock me down. So really, yeah, there's no chance. Um, but again, that's the exciting thing about boxing. Anything can happen. Um, I'm 32 years old. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe I turned old. Maybe I got old overnight. You know, I've I've seen that happen before in fighters where, you know, their their age catches up with them. You know, and it shows in and it shows in fights. Who knows? Maybe that happened to me. Um, but I don't see that happening. I see a dominant performance, uh, and I see me moving on to a world title fight uh, in the summer of this year. Today at the public workout, uh, a little bit of something and also a little bit of nothing. You kind of exited the building while Liam Williams was still having his workout. Um, I don't know if what was actually said between you, if anything was said. Can you just kind of assess that situation? I was, I was just booing him. I booed him. You know, I walked past him. I, I didn't like the technique. I saw that the way he was hitting the pads was... Um, you know, it wasn't up to par. So I just, I booed him, let him know that I didn't approve. Uh, he didn't take kindly to that. And uh, so, yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth. And then, you know, I made my way out of the building. It wasn't a big deal. But um, yeah, listen, he, he knows what's coming. He knows he's in for a a hard night on uh, on Saturday. And the fans are in for a fantastic night of boxing. We know, obviously, you're not one to overlook anything that's directly in front of you, which is Liam Williams. But how how do you see your route to getting a world title shot right now as it stands? Well, this is you know this is the um, the springboard 
you know, a statement in this fight, a, a, a big win, uh, puts me in line to fight for these world titles. I mean, I'm already mandatory really to fight for the WBA, Rota Murata. You know, I was interim world champion. Um, you know, Golovkin, he's, 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 he's made it known that he wants to fight in the UK. Um, so those are two fights that we're really gunning for. And, um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, yeah, beating Liam Williams, uh, then gives me, um, you know, it springboards me into those, into that contention. I want to talk to you about your cousin, Harlem Newbank. I spoke to him today and I suppose he's been asked the question, uh, during the build up of this, having been trained in Liam Williams' gym, um, there's no question when you ask Harlem about, Obviously, where his loyalty is, it's with you. But um, it kind of created an awkward situation. He told me today that they don't really train at the same time. It's, that's been done on purpose, so he doesn't need to be around Liam Williams in preparation for his fight with you. But have you spoken to Harlem about anything to do with this fight? I mean, yeah, he's not in the gym with him, so he's not, you know, coming back and telling me what's going on. Um but, you know, I've spoke to him on a personal level just about how, you know, I think he should be careful about how he moves forward with Adam Booth. Um, you know, I haven't got anything against Adam. He, you know, it, it's, it's a business. It is what it is. But you've, at the same time, Harlem has to understand that a man who, you know, is supposed to be on, you know, your trainer on your on your side, a part of your team, if he can go in then and, you know, train a man that is going to be fighting your close cousin that says a lot that says a lot that's that says that he doesn't really care about Harlem um he's probably he'd probably say otherwise but his you know actions speak louder than words so yeah Harlem I think he just needs to be careful with him moving forwards and that's the only reason you said it obviously we know you had a kind of brief period in your career with Adam but the only reason is is just because of the situation regarding him taking on Liam Williams for your fight, that's it. Yeah, listen, Adam Adam was with me for a few months. Um and, you know, I was a completely different fighter back then. So it it doesn't make any difference. You know, I don't have any feelings about him training Liam. Um it's just, you know, Harlem needs to really look at himself and his team moving forward. That's all. When I spoke to your trainer, Roy Jones, today about if any potential impact that Adam Booth can have by coming into, obviously not just coming in, but training Liam Williams ahead of your fight, he said absolutely nothing. It makes no difference whatsoever. How could it? This was, you know, five, six years ago, and uh, it was not for a long period of time. This fight here uh, on Saturday, like you said, um, from a fan's perspective, we can expect nothing short of an absolute war between the two of you. I don't see, or I don't know if you quite see it as that war type of fight because obviously you're you believing you're going to win. But from a fan perspective, we can get excited about that, surely. Yeah, it's it's got the potential to be a you know a, a great fight. Um, it's, I think it's going to just come down to how much he can withstand. Um, you know, that's, that's the fun thing about this fight is I can, I can take it anywhere I want to take it, whether it's a, a punch up, a, a boxing match, uh, a battle of the jabs, whatever, whatever I want to do or whatever he wants to try, 
you know, he's just going to get outgunned. Um, that's how I feel the fight's going to go. And yeah, we'll find out in a couple of days. From the outside, it seems like your relationship with Roy Jones Jr. is working very well. Um, but internally, does it work equally as well as it looks from the outside, if that makes sense? I think it does. You know, I th if anything, I think it works better. We're, we're very close. We're always talking. I'm always learning, even at 32 years old, still learning. Um, you know, and before I met Roy, I, I didn't really think there was much more I could learn. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I said, life is uh, it's crazy how things work out. Has the time you spent with Roy changed your perception of a fighter-trainer relationship? We've spoke in the past about previous uh, trainers that you've been involved with and uh, comments that you've made regarding kind of their situation or their position within that fighter relationship with the trainer. But has being with him changed that concept? And have you not listened more, but there's comments that you've made before regarding trainers, if you understand what I mean. What comments did I make? Well, you, when you've previously been with Ronnie, et cetera, you've, you've made comments like they're just there to kind of hold buckets, et cetera. And I've never said that about Ronnie. Ronnie is, uh, you know, Ronnie's been with me my entire career. He, he's an advisor. Uh, you know, he's, his, his, it's a management role with Ronnie. That's how it's always been. He's never really trained to me. He's been in the gym with me every day, but he's not, he's not on the pads with me. He's, he's 150 years old. Um, you know, and let, I, let me rephrase then. You've talked about the position of a trainer in relation to you differently to how it's normally looked at between a fighter and a trainer. You have made them references. I'm a trainer. I didn't have anything. You've had trainers though, haven't you? Someone's always been in the corner for you, haven't they? Someone being in the <laughs> corner doesn't mean they're, they're training you. Of course, I've had people in my corner. You know, I, I, as a youngster, I would train with uh, Mike McCallum and Floyd Mayweather Sr. Not as a pro. As a pro, who, who, who trained me? Adam Booth for two months. My old man's obviously always been there. But he's, again, not a constant figure in the gym. Um, you know, he, you know, he'd be there, then he, you know, he'd be away for a month or six months or, you know, he'd come back and forth. That's not a trainer. A trainer is someone that's with you 24-7 on the pads, on, with, with you on the bags, directing your training, scheduling everything. I never had that. I did that myself. Um, now Roy does that. Now I listen to now now I listen to his direction. Um and yes, it has been beneficial. I'm seeing um the things that I was missing. Uh I'm seeing the benefits. And uh yeah, I'm 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 in a I'm in a great place. I'm very happy. Remind me of who trained you for the James Gale fight. Uh his name's Nate. Nate. Correct, sorry, excuse me. So I did have Nate for I think two fights. Uh, two fights was Nate. So I went to Vegas, um, you know, and I, I don't, I'd always see Nate in the gym and I'd, you know, I watch him and I liked how he did the pads and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I ended up, you know, getting on the pads with him, liked how it felt. Um, yeah. So Nate trained me. I mean, with Nate it was more pad work, but yeah, he was a trainer for two, for, for, for two fights. And then I and then I met Roy, and then that's when everything changed. And that's when I knew I'd found the person who I'd want to be with for the rest of my career.
I think my question was, look, how long have you been with Roy? Three years? This is the third fight now, yeah. All right, the third fight. So previously to having your other fights, um, for whatever reason, you're saying you've never really had that kind of complete trainer situation, but you have done now. So is it making you look at the need to have a trainer differently to how you did before three fights ago? Yeah. I mean, yeah, once you get to a certain level, uh, as much support, as much guidance, the right guidance uh, is is important. But, you know, you can have a trainer that's actually training you incorrectly, that's not guiding you in the right way. And then I would say, train yourself like I did. But, you know, fighters don't really know. They don't know until they know. Do you think your career may have been differently if whether it's Roy or whoever had been someone from day one had still been with you now? I have no idea. You know, life doesn't work like that. People say, you know, you wish you met Roy years ago. Uh, I could say yes, but, you know, I'm happy with how my career turned out. You know, I had a lot of big fights and a lot of big wins. Um, I did very well for myself. Everything happens for a reason. And I, you know, this was the time that I met Roy. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving forward. Weight-wise for you, are you comfortable where you're at at the moment? Is there still, there's always seems to be kind of one or the other for you. But right now, is that your weight? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Um, you know, I, I think I weighed, uh, on the official scales today, I weighed 163 and a half pounds. So I'm three and a half pounds, um, over the limit. It's nothing. You know, I, I won't even, I, I, I'm still going to have, you know, one or two meals before the fight, maybe three small meals, you know, drink water every day. Um, I'm not going to kill myself. You know, most guys, a lot of guys are 10 pounds overweight at this stage. You know, I'm, I'm naturally at my right weight. Yeah. I think my question was more relating to, you know, you fought obviously at middle and super middle. If the right fights, it seemed to be a situation which kind of the bigger fights were you for you were there at which weight? So That's all it was. Yeah. yeah, there was, there was a lot of great fights to be made in the super middleweight division. There was a lot of money to be made. I couldn't, I couldn't turn down the offers I was getting, even though it was, you know, off, you know, fights offering to fight guys that were naturally bigger men than me, you know? Um, now, you know, the, the, we've got a stacked middleweight division, you know, there's a lot of world champions in the, in this division. Um, so I'm back down where I'm supposed to be. Is Canelo still on the radar? Canelo's on everybody's radar from middleweight to heavyweight now. It's a joke. Um, but yes, that is the one fight that I would move back up to super middleweight for. If he was to, obviously, we don't know his situation, whether you're right. It's, it's ranging from probably about three to four different weights. So we don't know. We don't. And how does he do it? Like no one questions that how you move up and down like that, but um, I'd love to fight the guy absolutely. Um, but that's not a name that's kind of in my immediate radar because you know the guy does what he wants. GGG, that's the name. That's the name we're gunning for this year. Well, like I said, um, well as you mentioned, you mentioned Murata there. He was scheduled to fight GGG at the back end of last year. That never happened yet. So it's unclear kind of where that situation is going, first of all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hearing Andrade might give up his world title. Uh, I don't know how true that is. 
you know, gossip. But, you know, if that becomes vacant, then, you know, it's another great opportunity. It's definitely an interesting mix. Um, well, it's not an IFO interview unless we mention your friend Billy Joe Saunders. Do you think he'll come back? Um, of course he will. There's too much money to be made fighting against me. He'll come back and we'll get it on at some point. Maybe this year, who knows? And the only reason, obviously, from your perspective to fight Billy Joe Saunders is to avenge your loss. It doesn't, does it, that help you kind of towards your aspirations of a world title considering he now hasn't got one? Yeah, with that, it's, 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 it's a fan's fight and it's, it's personal. Um, those are the reasons why that fight will be made. Um, I do want to avenge the loss. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, I want to avenge the gift actually, not the loss. He was, he was gifted that fight. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, is, that, that fight was now, what, eight years ago? Yeah. Eight years ago. So I think you've both for different fighters now. Or, of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a different animal. He's the same guy. He's the same guy, in my opinion. Uh, maybe worse, actually. You know, especially after that performance against Canelo, you know. Lost all his credibility. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'll, I'll take the last of it when we get in the ring. Okay. Um, press conference. By the time this goes out, it'll be later on today. Obviously Thursday. But um, what can we expect from that? Um, well, what can you expect from that? I don't know. What, what can you expect? I mean, he doesn't say much. Maybe he'll uh, now. Maybe that we're in Wales. Maybe he'll get a little bit more lively. I don't know. To be honest, it doesn't matter anymore. We've you know everything's everything's been said. You know this is all just formalities now. Now it's just. You know, we both just want to get in the ring and fight. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll try and make it a bit interesting for you guys. Chris Eubank, thank you very much for your time uh, this Wednesday evening. Have you got anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Um, no, I think uh, I think we've covered everything. Again, if there's any questions you want to ask me outside of the boxing world, you can. But yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm going to order some room service, watch some some late light movies and, and enjoy the rest of my night. I think we're good. You spoke to um, Umar the other day about this whole Anthony Joshua situation. We know you're obviously close with Anthony Joshua. This heavyweight scene is kind of a bit of a soap opera at the moment. I'm sure as a fan, you kind of just take a backward step and kind of monitor it all. Yeah, you know, they're talking about him taking 15 million to step aside. Listen, I'm a businessman as well as a fighter. You know, you can't, if that was to happen... Can you hold it against the guy? I mean, the fans will, but as a fighter who understands how much you have to go through to get to where, you know, to, to the top level, to get paid 50 million not to fight or, you know, to postpone a fight. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's an, an amazing position for him to be in to, to be able to command that type of, that type of business. That's all it is, business. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. Obviously, Tyson Fury and Dillian White has now the first bid went to Frank Warren, who won it uh, on Friday. So that fight looks like, looks at the moment like it's happening. Interesting that fight. Great fight, great fight. I mean, Dillian is uh, you know he's been he's been clawing to try and get its world title shot for a long time. You know, he's he's always kind of seems just out of reach. 
um you know the people have talked about that fight for a long time and i think it you know styles make fights i think that's a great fight for both fighters um uh fury was supposed to well i don't know so i heard i heard he wanted a, a step up a step up fight before he fought Usyk. is that what dillian white is to him is that what he's saying that is he, no i don't think that was the was situation according to eddie hearn uh, before this fight was ordered uh, or the bid was won by Frank Warren, according to Eddie Hearn, Tyson Fury wanted to fight uh, an interim fight, not Dillian White, an interim fight before he fought Alexander Usyk. Yeah, that's strange. I don't know. I don't know. And that's according to Eddie Hearn. There's no clarity on that from um, Tyson Fury's side, as far as I know, just from uh, Eddie Hearn's comments. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has been out of the ring. How how long has it been? A year. Oh, Tyson. Yeah. No, he was fight in October, so five months ago. Yeah. So that's that's that is strange that he would want a warm up. I guess that doesn't. If that's true, then it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of confidence. I don't know. Uh, I mean, listen, Usyk is a dangerous man, as we saw. Um, nobody was expecting. Or you know, a lot of no one was expecting really for him to win like that. Um, and that's another thing that I really respect about Anthony as well is that he's still uh, he's still hungry. He still wants it. He still wants to get better. Um, he doesn't have to fight anymore. We all know that. But he, you know, he wants to avenge that loss. You know, and that's you got to respect that because Usyk is a dangerous man and it's going to take a lot for him to be able to come back and, and completely change his game plan to beat him. That's going to take a hell of a lot. And he's, you know, he's going to need, he's going to need help. He's going to need a new trainer, new blood in, in, in the camp. He can't keep doing what he's been doing. Not for, not for Usyk, not for Usyk. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens. Just a final one now. Obviously I spoke to your trainer, Roy Jones today. He's made comments today and all, over the last couple of weeks that he believes he could train Anthony Joshua to beat Alexander Usyk. Listen, if Roy says he can do it, he can do it. Um, the thing with Roy is, you know, the things he teaches, or the things he teaches me anyway, are, what are, the, are the things that he was capable of doing. Speed, combinations, reactions that most human beings are not able to grasp, especially not heavyweights. Heavyweights are not usually... You know, maybe Ali, but aside from that, you know, the, these guys don't have that speed and, the, and that combination type punching, you know. Um, that's what he teaches me. So, yeah, he would have to, he would have to get any, you know, a completely different style of training to what I've seen, which, which I, if he says he can do it, then he can do it. Um, but yeah, that would, you know, I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see what he could do with them. Okay. Um, is your dad coming this week? He will be there. Eubanks Senior will be by my side. Good to hear. Good to hear. Chris Eubank Jr., thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. We'll see what the press conference brings on Thursday. And then, yeah, roll on fight night in Cardiff, live on Sky Sports this Saturday. Tune in. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.